Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 68, and our guest is the uh, Director of Amateur Scouting for the Red Wings. No stranger to the program, and as they like to say, I don't know who they are, but he is a friend of the program, Tyler Wright. And uh, let's bring Tyler in. It's been a long day, and I can't believe he's doing this, so I'm going to get it moving. Tyler, thanks for doing it. Uh, glad to have you on, and uh, first of all, I just want to say... From all accounts, last year we did this in Chicago, and there was some skepticism around the Red Wing draft, uh, yet that doesn't seem to be the case this year. Uh, are you pleased after every draft? Are you relieved? Are you just, I guess I'm wondering, are you glad it's over, or do you sit there and think, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm glad that the Red Wings are getting a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, compliments about uh, the work we just did? Um, you mean, I think every draft is, is different. You mean, depending on the amount of picks you got, where you're picking, um, obviously, you know, you, you push guys up that you like. Sometimes you just don't have the bullets to be able to take it. And, and so, you mean, I think you're always kind of somewhat satisfied when, when you leave a draft. Um, I think to the contrary, last year, I think, you know, like you said, there was some skepticism a little bit about our picks, you know, I think we still stood behind and believed in what we do. We, I mean, we were happy with, with our picks. We, you, you know, Michael Rasmussen took a huge step this year. Um, you mean, you see the body of work that he done when he, when he did, when he finally got healthy in the playoffs, they had 14 goals and 14 games in the playoffs. He was just a horse and Gustav Lidstrom, who we took early in the second, uh, had a tremendous year. He's moved on to Forlunda, the Swedish Elite League now. Uh, really happy with that. So, yeah, you know, you're you're happy to a certain point when you have certain picks. This year, a little bit of a different scenario because of the amount of picks, but more importantly, not the amount of where the actual picks fell in the draft. You know, you 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 pick thirty, you pick thirty. I mean, you pick six, you pick 30, 33, 36. That's exciting. That's that's really right. exciting. Um, the one thing that we're a little bit accustomed to in Detroit is usually don't have a second-round pick. You know, you, you end up having to move a second-round pick at the deadline either to, you know, try to solidify your playoff roster or a big kind of push to kind of get you over the hump to – you know, that you've already into the playoffs and going, that's been the, the history over the course of the 25 years on that run. And, you know, our, our draft picks have kind of taken a little bit of hit and it catches up to you. And, and it's public knowledge, obviously, that, you know, that's kind of where why we're in the, in the state that we are. And I thought Ken did an absolute tremendous job getting us picks. We, we, we talk and we go back and forth and, you know, he, he's trying to, to put a product on the ice, uh, you know, in a new building. And at the same point in time, he's, he's trying to get us picks and it, it's an unbelievable dip, difficult job. And so not only did he get us picks, he got us the picks where we could really, really get some good players in a good draft. So um, are we happy? We're happy. We're extremely happy how kind of the outcome um, at the end of the day, everything changes as, you know, play, you know, kids develop and people come, you know, try to take another step in that. But, um, 
really excited after day one, excited after day two. So, uh, yeah, it, it's probably, you know, been running the draft now for, you know, not only just in Detroit, but with Columbus. I would say that this is probably one of my happier happier drafts yeah. ever. This is kind of an unfair question to a certain degree because we all know the Red Wings streak, and it was very important to keep that streak going. Just talk to the – I always tell fans, talk to the guys in the room. That was an important streak to keep going. And you were right at the tail end of it with Dylan Larkin. That was your – I believe your first draft and, you know, I guess the first player you selected yeah. as director of amateur scouting at 15, which – if the draft were to be redone, he would not be there at 15, I'm pretty sure. Um, how has the job changed? Not, just, I want to say, is it easier for you now because you're acquiring picks and that you have all those kicks at the can? So I'm not saying you don't do your due diligence, or is your job basically, whether you were in Columbus or Detroit, still the same? You're always out on the road. You're always looking at players. You're always evaluating talent. Yeah, I you know what I think I get harder and harder and more stubborn and stubborn as as the years go on. I I expect and I demand that we've got no room for error in any draft. Um, no matter how many picks you have, uh, where your picks fall, um, it's our job as as a scouting staff to unearth whatever we can. If we're left with, you know three or four picks and they're in the later round, it's our job to find something. And it's it's an easy way out to say that, you know, they're well he was a fourth or a fifth or a sixth or a seventh round pick. No, it it's it's our job. It's our job to find players and it's our job to find good players. And and I think you have to hold yourself accountable to to that standard at, at every pick. And I think as you know, as you grow as a staff um, and I think that's the beauty. You were our own team within inside our team, our scouting staff, mm-hmm. and and you got to lean on guys. Guys lean back, and you have dialogue, and you have arguments. Um, you have heated arguments, and everybody respects everybody's opinion. But at the end of the day, somebody has to make a decision, and ultimately that lands in in my lap, and. I'll take full responsibility for it. So, you know, it's it's like anything in any form of life that, you know, I mean, if you're not going to study and go into a final exam, whether you're writing it in college or high school or whatever it is, you're leaving opportunity for failure in there. And I think that we take that same mentality in, into this draft that we, we harped and we pleaded for Ken to get us more picks, more important picks. We understood that we have to we have to draft. Not only do you have to draft correctly, you have mm-hmm. to develop. And then when you have to develop, you have to give them opportunity and space and time to grow as a you know as a young player. Um, Ken gave us that opportunity this year, and we weren't going to let him down. We 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 worked extremely extremely hard. I don't know if I've ever worked. Is hard on any draft as I've worked this way, just by meaning time away from home, and and it's hard, and it's it's a nine ten month process. But when you're here for two days and you walk away today, and you go out tonight and you sit with your staff and you go over and you you have, I'll be frank, a beer or two, and you <laughs> you high five and you say, you know what, 
good job. Good job because, and not all these players are going to play, but we feel as an organization that, uh, you know, we we think we filled some holes. We 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 got the pool of prospects deeper. We, you know, we don't need every goaltender to play. We don't need every defenseman to play. We don't need every forward to play. You can only have eight wingers in the National Hockey League. You can only have two goaltenders in the National Hockey League. If we can find one of those in any of those positions, you can only have four centermen. You can have guys to go back and forth. If we can find those different type maker players, we're speeding this process up because we want to get the Red Wings back to where the Red Wings should be. Uh, a couple of things, I, and then we'll get really into the draft, but you, you, you always spur my mind here, and I, I, there's so many questions I want to ask you. Do you get more satisfaction when you see a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, maybe seventh rounder make it that you picked, that you saw something in, or your staff did and you relied on them, than you do... A first round pick is. That, I mean, is is that how you kind of judge yourself and you say, you know, I any not and see, look now. I'm, it's like I'm trivializing your job, but and, you know, hey, the first and second rounds. I mean, there's a lot of talent out there, and if I find, I, I know what I'm doing, but it's really the hidden gems is is where you know you kind of pat yourself on the back, so to speak. Um, you know, honestly, I don't really think about it a lot. I. We have the mentality that any time that Detroit is called to make a pick, that we're obligated to try to make this pick a, a National Hockey League player. Not somebody for Grand Rapids, not somebody for Toledo, not somebody to be re-entered into the draft. Somebody that has an opportunity, there is something that somebody has seen, some quality in that player, and it might be just a small quality. Right. That's something that we're trying to add to this organization, and um, it's it's a big process. I mean, you you look back at the two guys that were on stage that opened this draft on on Friday night. And the guy's name, first guy was a first overall pick, and Mike Medano, and the second guy who was Nart Ross Trophy and the captain of the mm -hmm. current Dallas Stars is Jamie Ben. The Dallas Stars had three fifth round picks that year. They didn't take Jamie Ben with the first pick in the fifth. They didn't take him with the second pick in the fifth. I think they used now. Don't quote me, but I'm right. pretty sure that they used their third pick. No, in the I think fifth. you're right. I think you're absolutely correct. So, and that doesn't mean that there's any slight in it. They saw something, one small quality. There was something in there. He had some faults at that time, but there was a quality there. The other two, it doesn't really matter what the other two is because the other guy is the face of your franchise. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of the mentality that that we, you know we're we're trying. We're not just making a pick to make a pick. Right. We're making a pick to make the Red Wings better, and not just a player, a player that's going to come in and try to help us win and 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 get into the playoffs and then ultimately win the final prize. Last year when we talked in Chicago, I, you know, I still have the list that I had last year that I made for you right here. And you said that the Red Wings had 11 picks, uh, that you wanted to get bigger. And, you know, you really wanted to try to concentrate on D because there was a, a plethora of defensemen last year that you, that you really liked. Out of the 11 picks, nine of them were over six feet or more. A couple, you had a couple guys under six feet. 
Uh, and then you said next year, we're going to really hone in on skill. That's what we really wanted to do. Looking at this 10 picks, because you traded one uh, this year in the uh, sixth round and traded up with your old team, Columbus, to get a fifth rounder next year in 2019, which gives you 10 picks next year right now. So there's all kinds of things going on. I guess, you know, in my long-winded point here um, is that you follow you, you what you told me last year is exactly what you did. I mean, this looks like this is a draft. Even the defensemen, you're looking for offensive-minded, high-skill guys that can put the puck in the net. Yeah, and, and you know, I think to be honest with you, I, I I think that, and I got beat down a little bit for about getting bigger, and you know, people saying where's the game going, and blah blah blah. We want to get bigger, but we want to get faster. We want to get skilled, right? We and we want to have hockey sense, but we also we want to have some a, a, a big presence. But when we go out and and we're watching games, by default, we're watching we're watching players that are draft eligible in eighteen in the seventeen draft. We're watching players that are eligible in nineteen in the seventeen draft by default right. in different leagues underage double underage kids and we start our books on these guys we you know i i when i talked to you a couple of weeks ago you know we've had a book on andre Svechnikov since he's been 15 years old right you i mean so when i say that we're going to go a little bit more skill we've already identified what next year's draft is somewhat looking for we're not saying it's the all end be all right now but we've identified as a staff that Look, there looks like to be a lot of different types of offensive players, whether it's the small defensemen, the bigger defensemen, guys, and, and lack certain things in different areas. And there's no, you know, Connor McDavid's the perfect player at 18. Austin Matthews is the perfect player at, at 18. And they get better. And they right, change. Right. And they get better. And they alter their games. And... You know, all these kids have something to learn. All these kids can get better at something. We try to look at what they do good. What do they do really, really good at this age? I'm not so much worried about what they do bad, what they need work on. That's why we have player development. That's why we have coaches. That's why we have coaches at the American League to teach. That's why we have coaches at the National Hockey League. They're there to learn, to teach them different game. The game's evolving. So... You know, it's when I said big, I meant just kind of size-wise. With you know, Gustav Lidstrom was a, you know, he's a right-handed shot. He's he's got good size, but he's also got very good hockey sense. He's got good skill. He's ultra competitive. He's got to work on his foot speed, which he's been doing. He's he is, you know. So I don't want to misinterpret the general public on 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 what that is right because you're right you did take a little bit of a hit people are saying well wait a second the game's now moving towards you know uh quick game and fast game i, I want to go to gustav lindstrom very very quickly and then i promise everyone we will get to this year's draft because i know people are salivating to hear about uh uh as philip sedina and how that all came about but and i've told you this but he was at the summer showcase last year 
and he was really, really nervous. The Red Wings had eight prospects in the summer showcase, more than any other. It was Finland, Sweden, uh, the United States, and Canada. And the United States and Canada had like two teams there for a while, and then they pared it down as the tournament went on. It's only like a four-game tournament, but he was very nervous because he had never played. Uh, and I couldn't find this hard to believe. He never had played on a small ice surface before. And he, he was honest with us because all we did was talk to the Red Wing prospects. Uh, uh, and he... By the third game, it looked like he had played on it his whole life. I mean, when you see somebody like that, who's, first of all, really is kind of subconscious, saying, God, you know, he didn't intimidate himself or psych himself out, but he was like, hmm, this is going to be a little bit of a challenge for me. And to overcome it in relatively quick time has to be rest assured because people looked at it and said, whoa, why did you take him at 38? But then again, you also had people saying to you, hey, we he was on our board, but the philosophy is if you like a player and he's available, you might as well take him. And I would imagine that's where Gustav Lenk ended up in the second round at, uh, at 38. Yeah, and, and I believe our next pick was 72 um, after that. And Big Casper. Yeah, uh, we just didn't think he was going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, we tried different trade back scenarios to maybe get them later in the second and maybe pick something else up. The opportunity wasn't just, it, 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 I mean, it wasn't there. So we decided as, as a staff that, you know what, we really like this player. We're going to step up and take him. And, you know, when you, when you talk about the scenario about him coming over and playing on the North American and adapting quickly, you mean, the kid is ultra competitive, right? Ultra competitive um, on and off the ice. He, and he plays physical. There's no doubt in our mind that that transition was going to be there. I mean, and it's not going to be seamless. He's still going to. I mean, I think right. you look at Philip Ronick when he went to Saginaw to start the year. There was a learning curve for a couple of months or a month or so, and he's and he's you know he's made the transition good. So at the end of the day, you know the general public, if they really really wanted to go and look and dissect drafts and if they wanted to use you know central scoutings as their bible it doesn't go as planned right a lot of times and um you know we're we're all different staffs we all got different philosophies we all got different needs and you know i think if you look at the way the later rounds were kind of unfolding, you know, there was a lot of U.S. high school kids, right. a lot of European players, a lot of college kids. Um, you get you get a lot more time to develop them rather than maybe a CHL kid, and it, and it's starting to take a little bit of a toll on them because it's heavily scouted. You only got two years to sign them for a college kid. You got four years to sign them. European kids, you got four years before they go back into the draft in a, in a major junior kid, you got to make a decision within two years. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that come into a decision. You know, you got late birthdays. If he's a C in the CHL, he's got one more year. He's got to turn pro. Right. You got to have room for him. You know, is, is it beneficial for him to go down to the East Coast League? Are you, uh, you know, like, so we don't just show up and go to the draft and, let's throw out 11 names and go off and, and, you know, <laughs> let's go to the next one. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty 
pretty good dialogue. It's, you know, every single thing. It, it almost goes to the point where you do it too much a little bit. Right. You can start overthinking things. We always, you know, we've got to take a break and reset and come back and maybe take a day off and then let's let's let, let's get an answer when we you know our heads are a little bit more clear so um obviously i mean this this draft is probably going to be one of the more scrutinized drafts in the history of the <laughs> Detroit Red Wings and um some people are going to like it some people aren't going to like it At the end of the day we're just going to try to give these kids every resource possible to be able to develop and develop into the best possible player and the best possible young man that they be- can become. And, and hopefully some of these guys are, are big part of the Red Wing organization, and we believe they will be. Let's go into the draft picks. I know you're on limited time. Last year we talked forever, but I... I know you have things to do. You like to talk, right? I, yeah, I do, I do like to talk. You know, you're a pretty good talker yourself there, Tyler. So, you know, just don't put it all on me. Uh, but, but round one, pick six. Conventional wisdom is, and from what I was gathering, that maybe if, you, if the Red Wings did not win the draft lottery, maybe the second highest player on their board, and this is not a knock to anybody else, was Philip Zadina. You really wanted a goal scorer, pure goal scorer. I, I, I love Ken Holland's term, you wanted a dancer. If you could find a dancer out there, not a guy that just skates up and down, but can create and move all over the ice. It seems Zadina fit that bill. How stunned, shocked, because I know you're pleased that he, and again, I'm not trying to knock organizations. Everybody has their own needs, and they're, they all, you know, but Zadina going to six, falling to six, pretty much says exactly what you've been saying. Every team looks at this thing differently. And, but, I, you know, I, I mean, I I'm still can't believe it. I'm thinking, am I dreaming? Or am I really in Dallas? Did the, the Phillips Dina fall to six or am I overreacting? I mean, this is a, this was a pretty good moment for the Red Wing organization. Yeah, for sure. You know, we kind of had a little bit of an indication, you know, for the last, probably month or so that there might be a little bit of movement uh, doesn't really change what we do at the end of the day we can't control what the other five teams do obviously but you know when it started unfolding a little bit on draft day and and then Kotkaniemi goes at three you know we basically to be honest with you we kind of basically targeted we were going to get a pretty good defenseman that we thought right. to, at six if, right and um Kind of the way that it unfolded with with Zadina, you know, falling to us at six. And this is no slight on on Bouchard or Bulkfist or Hughes or Dobson or any of those guys. And they were all in the mix. Uh, Really good players and probably going to go on to have really good careers. We just believe for what we needed and the player that he is, he was too much of an impact player that we needed and what would we need drastically uh i mean you just look at the world junior championships you had seven goals in seven games as an 18 year old i mean i played in both world junior championships as an 18 and a 19 year old i was a first round pick 
that's extremely hard to do. <laughs> like, you know, no, that was a long time ago. But at the same token, he, I mean, we were really hard on, on Phil all year as far as, and hard on him because we wanted to continue to come away with the right answer. You know, we weren't just going to give it and say, well, he scores goals and let's just put him on. We dissected him hard. You know, we wanted to make sure about his competitiveness, his character, his play away with the puck. Um, is he just a goal scorer? Is he more than that? Is he, How is his hockey? Is he creative with the puck? Can he see uh, and make plays? Can he make players around him better? He checked all those boxes off, and he was just too good. He was just too good to to pass up, and he was ahead of the other guys on our list. And we have to take the best player available. And luckily enough, he he slid to us at six. Zadina is six feet, one hundred ninety six pounds. Can play either wing. Uh, played for Halifax. Left handed shot. Uh, he's our next guest on the next podcast. Uh, Philip Zadina will join us here on the Red and White Authority. Um, the thing that I was struck by by speaking with him is that he's realistic about whether he can make the Red Wings out right now, and obviously he wants to, And but he has kind of an edge or a little bit of a swagger to him where he's already looking forward to the Ottawa-Montreal games or teams that he thought maybe he would go to and passed on him. Is that, isn't that something that if you're a great goal scorer... Don't you have to be that way? Oh, for sure. I mean, and he ha- the- and he has it, right, yeah. Tyler? Oh, abs- absolutely. And and you know what? The best goal scorers they expect to score when they go on the ice, and when they don't, they go back out next shift and they expect to score. I mean, right. that's the great quality of 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 these guys is you know the confidence and the swagger, and they don't get rattled. They you know, they have patience in and around a net. Uh, if it's not going their way, they continue to find a way. They're, they're, they're students of the game where they know the goaltending, you know, tenders tendencies, the defenseman tendencies. Um, they find different ways to score, you know, whether it's a one-timer on a power play, whether it's net front, uh, get pucks on it. And, I mean, you look at the way that all the best goal scorers in the league score, that's what they do. So he has that ability and, and, you know, it was, it was a trait that, you know, we targeted and that, that we wanted and we're excited. With, is this a fair assessment? He'll be given every opportunity to make the Red Wing roster um, coming up at, at training camp? You mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what's going to play out. I, you mean, I would assume that he would. Um, I run the draft. I don't stick my my fingers you in other. Kick him out of the nest, and now he's, he's. You know, obviously, we're going to go there. We're going to evaluate. We're going to watch him. Now he's got to earn it. He's got to watch. You I mean? I think you have to be, you know, leery about giving a kid too much too soon. But I mean, I'm sure that you know he his mindset is that he's going to come in just like Dennis Chalowski's mindset is to come in just like Rasmussen's mindset and Philip Peronic and I think every kid when they come to camp when you're drafted by a team your your mindset's to come in and 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 win a job so he has to do that virtually every draft pick I've ever talked to from the Red Wings 
First thing is, is what's your expectation level? They all say, I'm going to make the Red Wings. I want to make the Red Wings. You know, that that coming year. And, yeah. you know, I know from covering it, it's kind of unrealistic expectations. But then again, that's what else are they going to say? I mean, yeah. that that's that's ultimately hockey, what they want. I mean, you're a hockey player and this is your profession and this is the exciting, most exciting thing that's probably happened in your hockey career so far. And, um, I mean, they all have the ultimate goal of, of playing in the National Hockey League. And now you're going to get your opportunity when you go to camp. And... I think they have to have that mentality. Well, Zadina, obviously, just uh, a great, you know, great pick. Hockey God smiling on Detroit there. Uh, you had a, a, another pick in the uh, first round, 30th overall, Joe Valeno. And when you announced that pick, it, I swear to God, Tyler, the way you looked, if you had had a microphone actually in your hand, I think you would have dropped it. I mean, you seemed really... I, I know you were charged up about Sedina, but Valeno is is also something that I think you think, I, what is going on here? I'm not that cool. <laughs> I, I really not. I'm 45 years old, and I'm not that cool, believe me. I got three teenage kids that tell me daily. So, uh, no, you know, we were really excited. We, I mean, to be honest with you, you know Thursday night, if if you would have sat down and said what would what would be a, the most likely un- scenario that could unfold, it was probably one of them. Yeah, you know I mean, first to have him fall and you know Zadina fall or slide to us for that matter, I'm not sure where everybody else had Valeno. I know a lot of teams had him fairly high. I'm not sure, and I really don't care to be honest with you. We liked the player. We liked him a lot. We had him high on our board. Was pretty excited that he, you know, it's an area of need. He's a centerman. He's an elite skater. Uh, he's been a star at every level that he's played. He had special exemption in the Quebec League. As right, he, played he, as he a could play at fifteen. Yeah. Um, you know, he was the captain of the uh, Ivan Olenka tournament for Team Canada. He was a captain for the, you know, or one of the captains for the under twenty or under eighteen World Championships. Um, you know, in Russia this year for Team Canada. He's got good good character, good competitiveness, great skater, good skill. We were really happy with him at 30. Yeah, 6'1", 192 pounds, left-handed shot, plays for Drummondville. Uh, I think he was like... 10th in scoring in that in in the Quebec League or something. I mean, yeah, he, he got off to a slow start, was playing in St. John in the, in the Quebec League, and they got off to a... I really just didn't real have a great team this year, right. and, and um, obviously, you know him being a big piece, they weren't realized that they weren't winning anytime soon. Uh, they packaged him up uh, just before Christmas and, and traded him to Drummondville, and, and got quite a few assets for that. And um, once he did get to Drummondville, he really took another step and. I mean, I I believe that you know this this goes into the fact that you know this kid played at the in the league at 15, mm-hmm. which is an oddity, and then you know sometimes people use that against him. Uh, he's been on the radar from 15, 16, and then this year, obviously not in the in the best situation to start. Um, people want to start picking people apart. Right at the end of the day, he's still a young kid. He's got a lot of room for development. He's got a lot of growth. He's got good size elite skater 
He fits exactly the way that we want to build this team around. We want to be fast. We want to be skilled. We want to be tenacious. Um, just right. He's real good. Real good. Good player for us at thirty. Uh, round two. You have a couple of picks. First one, thirty third, and you take Jonathan Bergeron. 5'10", 181 pounds. Again, he's a winger, left winger, uh, right wing, left-hand shot. I know I'm going to butcher it, but he plays in, in Sweden, and it's, uh, is it Skellefti? Skelleftia. Skelleftia. Okay, great. As you can tell, language is not my, uh, I barely can speak English. Uh, <laughs> but here's another fella that, you know, because people are thinking, okay, the Red Wings are going to go D right now because they've got these two premier forwards, uh, yet just too good to pass up. Yeah, had him had him again real high on our board. Um, we actually thought, you know, there probably might be a possibility that we could get him at thirty, um, with Valeno falling, um, and then only really having to wait for one pick uh, to start the day in day two. Uh, you know, he played in in Shalefti, junior league uh, this year. He won the scoring race, um, leading point total in the in the whole league um he's not the biggest guy in the world but he plays bigger than what he is he's got a uncanny ability and 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 feel for the net he's got good sense and skill um just again there was just too much skill there for us to pass up and excited right he i mean by his own admission he said when he was talking to the media he goes okay maybe a couple of years but you know obviously i'm going to bring uh I'm going to bring some high high skill. I mean, he pre, he pretty much said that. Let's move on to the uh, second pick in the second round and pick 36. Uh, now a little bit of a run of defensemen here with the next few picks. Uh, uh, Jared McIsaac, 6'1", 190 pounds, left-handed shot defenseman, and plays for uh, Halifax, which is teammate of Philip Zadina. He, Jared, called Zadina a uh, generational type player and then Philip was very complimentary about him but here was a fella that a lot of people thought could be a legitimate first round pick as well yeah for sure you mean he, you mean we worked tirelessly last night uh, after the first round and you know we kind of dug deep on on really what we thought was going to unfold obviously we we wanted to get a D into the mix, probably, you know, in around that area because, you know, there was a pretty good run on D and, you know, then we're going to have to wait until 67. So um, just an overall really good hard-nosed Canadian kid that, you know, skates really well, high competitiveness. Um, he's just a solid two-way defender, moves pucks, um, Plays on the power play, plays on the penalty kill. kill. Uh, he's out there when you're trying to score a goal. He's out there when you're trying to defend a lead. Uh, good on the PK, block shots. Does all those real intangibles, and, and he makes it hard to play against you know top players. We, we thought with some of the other young defensemen that we got coming into our prospect pool that, you know, have different elements that he would be a real good complementary player to to play with one of those type of guys and um yeah just good player um third round 67th pick uh you had three 
picks in there. Uh, Alex Regalia, uh, 6'4", 203 pounds, uh, West Bloomfield native. If his name sounds familiar to Red Wing fans, his father was the Red Wing team dentist uh, for a time, and I still think he's the team dentist for the Detroit Lions. 6'4", 203, right-handed shot, plays for London. He's a defenseman. Uh, he was teamed with Evan Bouchard, who was very high on the Red Wings list, too. Uh, Alex, he's a big kid. Obviously, he's psyched. He's from Detroit. He wants to play for the Red Wings. Uh, what about him? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, going into London and, and, and watching Bouchard a lot, uh, who was a high priority, mm -hmm. priority for us, um, being his partner, um, he's come a long way in a couple of years. You know, he, he went to, I believe, Chicago in the USHL um, and then into London, um, was kind of always had to fight his way onto a team. Um, he's highly driven kid, highly driven kid. Um, just another big body, maybe a little bit of a late bloomer that, you know, we're pretty familiar with and um, just kind of, you know, just one of those big body, good skating, kind of hard-nosed guys that we wanted to get into the mix again. Uh, also in round three with pick 81, uh, another right-handed shooting defenseman, Seth Barton, 6'3", 174 pounds, kind of a string bean, uh, but uh, the Trail Smoke Eaters is the team he plays for. Sounds a little bit obscene, but uh, what can you tell us about Seth? Because you got to be tough if you're playing for the Eaters, I would imagine. <laughs> you know, it's... A little bit of a late bloomer as well. I mean, this kid played midget hockey last year, and, and, and you know, he'd gone through the draft. Uh, he's a 99-born player, um, went into the BC Junior League this year and just kind of took off. He's an elite, really, really good skater, really good puck-moving guy. Um, you know, he's going to go to college. Um, we just thought that we just, you know, we're just going to get another one of these guys that... Um, can skate and he can think and he's got good size and we give him some time to develop we think we're going to get a pretty good player you know I, I want to just quickly say something about college and because I, I I know it again you know you're you're really being gracious with your time so I want to get through the list and and then sum it all up and, and let you you know take a bit of a break uh, but David Pope is the perfect example of what four years can do for you. I, I don't know if he was on the Red Wing radar his you know, freshman, sophomore year. He did a little bit of his junior year, but really came together, earned himself a two-year entry-level contract with Detroit. Again, has a really good shot. I mean, that's... But if he would have played, and I'm not knocking any other league, but you, if he would have played in, in the CHL, the Canadian Hockey League, you would have only had two years, and you probably would not have signed him. Yeah, and I think... I think that's the mentality a lot of kids are having right now. You I mean if if you're not a real high high kind of say priority player at that level, and it's just by default of some kids just are physically not right. mature or mentally as mature, and um, it just buys them some more time to go and and grow and 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 become more confident young men and. Um, 
you I mean I think with Seth already you I mean his college was deferred to go in at in 2019 I think that has been now uh, the, the process has been sped up I believe he's going to college now you know so he's been a late bloomer a lot of things have happened real quick we just want to get him into us in a, in a situation to where he's comfortable and and we can work with him on a daily basis and and we're going to get him give him sufficient amount of ice time where he can he can learn to to be what type of player that we think he can be and and obviously we believe and he obviously believes that college is that place and and we're excited for him you know the scuttlebutt going into the draft was is the red wings obviously uh need goalies they only have two that are under contract right now and patrick uh, rybar whom the, the czech republic that was just signed and then of course jimmy howard uh, so I said, I was told, look, we're, we're going to take a goalie and it's going to be no later than the third, you know, the third round, we're going to take a goalie last pick that you had in the third round, 84th overall, uh, Jesper Eliasson, 6'3", 209 pounds. He catches left, plays for Troja Lungby junior team in, uh, uh, in Sweden. Uh, I know. You know, I know you scout, but usually everybody says, "Hey, we, we we got people that scout goalies." But what can you tell us about Jesper? Not a lot. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I mean, like you said, it, it's an area that 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 we need in the organization. Um, we believe that you know we've we've drafted some goalies in the last couple of years that you know we're trying to be patient with and and that are you know in college or in Europe or or you know in junior for that matter um this kid was kind of a little bit on the rate under the radar to start the year uh, played in a little bit of a lower league um had a really good year got got noticed by the swedish national team played for the for the under 18 world championship team predominantly in a backup role um he's underdeveloped a little bit uh, but really good size um he's going to play in vecho next year uh, which is obviously a league up from from what he's playing, and who is also you know they they won the Swedish Elite League this year, um, so just another another good sized good athletic goalie that we're just trying to get into the pipeline and and um, you know help his development process. So. Uh, goalies are uh, are all over the place. I mean they're they're kind of like left-handed starting pitchers, right? They could mature at any moment. So you really. You're taking a flyer on these guys. Is is that a fair assessment? Uh, I don't know if it's a flyer. Um, I think if you if you look, you know, Flurry was the first overall right. pick. Uh, it's worked out. There's been a lot of first round picks that haven't worked out. There's Pecorini and and um, you know Henrik Lundqvist and these type of guys going later rounds. Um, you know, a guy like Dominic Hasek, you know, if we really wanted to go old. Right, right. Um, so they do. They develop at different rates. And I think you, the most important thing is that you just have to be, you got to be patient with them. Um, you got to send the right message, make sure they're getting the right coaching and the, and the right, you know, techniques. And at the end of the day, you only need two goalies, but it's probably the most important position <laughs> right. on your team. Right. Uh, so, I mean, you just got to continue to draft and you got to continue to develop and, and hopefully somebody separates themselves. 
The Red Wings had eight picks in the top 98. Your final pick out of those eight was pick 98. And a local kid from Texas, Ryan O'Reilly, and he had whatever Red Wing paraphernalia was available at the arena was bought by his family. Uh, <laughs> it looked like it was a season ticket party, uh, uh, holder's party or something. 6'4", 205 pounds, can play center or right wing, right-handed shot, played in the USHL for the Madison Capitals. Uh, again, and uh, I was actually talking to Philip Zadina, so I missed his interview, but talking to my colleagues, they all said that he's, he's a very focused young man and is very, very driven. Again, something that you would like. What about uh, uh, Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah, I mean, once we, we get into this, you know, into the fourth and the fifth, sixth rounds, you know, I, I really need to start leaning on on my area guys, guys that have seen these guys and know these guys inside and out. I, I don't have the luxury nor the time to see 217 kids multiple times. It's a virtually impossible. So, um, you know, our area, our area guys really like this kid. Um, he's a big kid. He had mono for half of the year, didn't play a lot of games. I think he only played 40-some, 40-50-some games, you know, in, in the USHL. I think he ended up with 19-20 goals, 21 goals. Um, big kid, got a good nose for the net, uh, good shot, and good release. He's got to work on his skating. Um, you know, he's going to go to the University of Denver. We did our due diligence. We, you know, we have... You know, Philip Larson is a goaltender of ours. Right. It's going to be going to Denver. Jim Montgomery was the head coach there, who's now the head coach of Dallas Stars, where we have talked endlessly beforehand. So this was a guy that we had targeted and we liked it. You know, we thought, in, in you know, if he was in and around this area, that, um, you know, another one of these guys that we can put away in college and hopefully in, in a couple of years he can mature and his game can round out and and. But we're excited for him because he's a very passionate and compassionate kid. Uh, no pick in the fifth round. That was in the Riley Sheehan deal. So the Red Wings actually got the 84th pick, which turned out to be Jesper Elias and the goaltender uh, in that deal. So no pick in the fifth round. You go into the sixth, 159, you had back-to-back picks, 159 in the sixth round and 160 in the sixth round. You trade the first one. Uh, which was uh, in the uh, the Steve Ott deal, the, the deal that keeps giving to the Red Wings. Uh, you trade, uh, uh, it was Montreal's pick, you traded to Columbus for a fifth-round pick next year in 2019. I'm not, I, Columbus must have really wanted somebody, but that sounds like a pretty good deal the Red Wings made. Yeah, you mean, I, we liked it. I, I, I really thought at that point in time that, you know, Whoever we were going to really take, uh, you know, with the first pick that, you know, the gamble was worth that maybe Columbus wasn't going to take that single player, um, that we were going to get that player anyways with our mm -hmm. next pick, uh, and we move up around. Um, you know, that depending on where Columbus obviously finishes next year, that, that will determine, you know, where in the fifth round that is. Um, but we've turned that fifth, or that sixth into a fifth, that takes us from 11 picks to 10, and that moves next year's to 10 picks as, as well. So um, I believe it's 10. Yeah, it 10 is 10, picks. right, right. So, um, you know, we're we're excited about what we we got to do. We, we understand the time frame that we're on as an organization. 
Um, we're entering next year's draft with 10 picks already. Um, that's exciting. We've got good players with 10 picks this year. We're going to have 10 to start. Hopefully we're going to add some more of those. Um, well, maybe we should subtract them. I don't know how the season's going to go. I don't <laughs> right, want to right. say that we're going to add add to them. But at the end of the day, I mean, you don't try to retool and do it in one draft. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to do it in a couple of drafts. So, And the only way by doing it is getting picks. So we got 10 picks next year. Um, that was kind of the, our, our thinking. Let's let's move up around next year. We just thought there was more value in doing that, and we ended up getting the player that we we wanted, anyways. So the player that you would want, I would assume, at one sixty, another goaltender, catches left, six five, big kid, one hundred ninety eight pounds. You know, kind of like a, the Mo Keith Petrozelli. I mean, as far as body type, uh, uh, Timra uh, Ik of uh, uh, Victor uh, Bratstrom. Uh, again, uh, as you said, you know, Red Wings need, need to replenish the goalie stock, obviously. Uh, taking two goalies in a draft, I don't know if it's unheard of, but uh, obviously you saw something that you liked in him. Yeah, I've done it before. <laughs> and I go back to the same comment that, I mean, it's, it arguably is one of the, you know, the, the premier positions for any hockey club. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just, you know, he's a 97 born kid. Um, he's been on our radar for the last four years. Um, people in Sweden and myself have, have been in there. We have, we have a goalie scout in Sweden. Right. Um, he actually had coached him three years ago, knows him as good as anybody in this organization. Um, has watched and has continued to be in contact with his development over the last couple of years. And we just thought at that point in time that, you know, he's, he's a 97, like I said, he's a 20 year old kid that's starting to come into his own. Um, we just thought that if we don't draft him, this might be a, you know, a free agent frenzy at some point in time right. where every team is trying to sign him. So we stepped up and, and take him. He's a big kid. He's athletic. Um, another one, just get into the pool and, and see if he can separate himself. The, uh, seventh round, the last pick, 191, um, Otto Kilimaki, uh, 5'8", 154 pounds. He was listed as 135 and we wondering if, you know, the Red Wings were starting to, adolescent boys here, they were starting to draft, you know, you liked him so much. Um, he's a, listed as a forward, just does a forward, left-handed shot. Uh, you know, Hakan Anderson, the, Euro, the, direct, the European scout for the Red Wings, said he's small. <laughs> that was his first comment about him. Uh, again, relying, I guess, on, uh, on, on you know, the table, looking there. And how did Otto become a Red Wing, and what do you know about him? I know a lot about him. Really? Yeah, a lot. And I like him a lot. Really? Yeah. So I, I would imagine, and I'm not trying to be facetious here, probably getting a little bigger, maybe putting on some weight or some muscle toning. I mean, is, is that what he has to work on? Or I mean, 154 pounds, 5 feet 8, I, I you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I think the 137 or whatever they listed him in the beginning kind of threw us all off. 154 yeah. is not too bad, but still. At the end of the day, if you're 154, you're 169, or you're 158, 
one thirty-seven, you're you're light. Right. You're light in the National Hockey League. So I I don't think that. I mean, he, this guy is not going to ever be a guy that's going to be real heavy. He's not the biggest guy in the world by any means. But he's got exceptional skill and exceptional vision. And, you know... Do you see him as a... Is he projected as a center that way? Uh, he can play He can play either, either position. Uh, we just thought that, you know what... Our skill was the theme the whole time, and we've liked this kid all year. He kept sliding and sliding. I've actually had five teams come up to me after and said, you know what, you guys took our seventh-round pick. Really? And whether or not that they're telling the truth, right, right. who knows? And I could really care less, to be right, honest right. with you. Um, we just thought that the skill and the sense, uh, if we can surround him by... You know, some maybe bigger bodies that he can make players better than he he's got. He can run a power play. He makes players around him better. Um, he needs to obviously get stronger. He needs to maybe get quicker. He needs to do everything that a little guy does. He needs to do it a hundred percent. But the skill in the sense was just too good for us and. When we're into that seventh round, we said, you know, he's going to play in Pori next year in the in the Finnish Elite League, um, which is one of I think he's one of one of three junior kids to sign in the Elite League next year to play full time. He's playing with uh, Kokkinen in Pori. We've done our due diligence with Kokkinen. We've done our Anton Rota, our, our Finnish scout. Um, has done his due due diligence. At the end of the day, he's just not very big, but he's got big skill and big sense, and hopefully, over some time, we we can get a player. Right, he could be he he could really blossom into a player. Um, one final question about size, because it seems to be such an issue here. I know when Quinn Hughes was in the Red Wing mix, and people are saying, well, got a lot of small guys already on, on D. Shouldn't they get get bigger? But I guess the point is, and, and Jeff Blaschel said something talking about Joe Hicketts throughout the season, is that, and, and Hicketts realizes this, if you're a certain size, and you just kind of reiterated it too, is that it's not that you have to do everything well. You can't really, you can't overcompensate one part of the game. You have to be good at everything because there's always someone who's bigger than you that can maybe get by having a deficiency that you cannot. Yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to contradict myself here, but if you're just good, you're good. Okay. And... There's guys that are 5'10 and 5'11 that play 6'3, 6'4. There's a lot of guys that play that are 6'3, 6'4, 6'5 that play like they're 5'10. Mm -hmm. um, so when, when we say size, just because somebody's big doesn't mean they play big. Um, when we want size, we want somebody that plays hard, hard, aggressive. Um, and there's different forms of aggressiveness. We, it's strong on the puck. It, it's separating somebody from the puck. It's it stick strong. Um, there's so many different 
terminologies of 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 what size can be. A guy who is six foot five, obviously he's got he's got reach with his stick. He's got you know he's got leverage in the corners. If you're not strong and you're not mentally not mentally really driven mm -hmm. then size doesn't really matter and some players are just good there's a lot of really good undersized players in this league and what's undersized this day I don't think you can put a number on it mm -hmm. I mean I think Johnny Goudreau who is a fourth round pick goes into Boston College everybody probably sit there and said this guy's gonna have a hard time playing hard time playing there's 30 teams in the NHL that would like Johnny Goudreau on their team. Right. There's 30 teams that would like Tyler Johnson on their team. There's 30, I mean, there's there's 30 teams that would like Cam Atkinson on their team. They're good. When you're small and you're good, you're just good. You're just good. Size doesn't matter. And Joe's right. You, when you're small, you have to do a lot of things good. Right. And... The bigger players sometimes have to prove that they can't play, and the smaller players always kind of have to prove that they can. That's a great and, way of putting it. And it's not real fair evaluation, and it's not something that I really believe in, but it's something that the industry kind of always dictates. And um, I think Joe Hicketts is a prime example. Went through the draft. We brought him into camp. We signed him. Played for us this year and played well for us right. this year. He led the Red Wings in plus you know, minus. And... You know what I mean? He won a Calder Cup and a big part of the team, you know, in his first year pro. So sometimes it's maybe the size of your heart. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about size and we want to get bigger, yeah, we, we want to get maybe bigger, but we also want to have big hearts. We want to have competitive players. It's a hard, long, drawn-out season, as everybody knows. And you know what? It gets harder every single round. And it gets harder and harder and harder. And the league gets, you know, you look around the league. The Washington Capitals were down in every single season, series that they played in. Right. Every single season or series. It gets hard, you know. And you need a group of guys that are willing to, to go to bat with each other and, and believe in each other and... And when you have a, a bunch of big hearts uh, and good character kids and, and, and they come together, sometimes you can do magical things. And that's what we're trying to build. I know this is the final question, I promise, is that... You uh, always say that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of famous, my famous last words. Uh, 2019 draft. At least it's closer to home for you. It's, it's in Vancouver. I don't know if... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah exciting, gonna, for sure. Going to be hosting a party for all of us out there <laughs> <laughs> at your palatial estate. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, uh, when do you, I know you say you're, you need some downtime, and you're right. you, you got to walk away from it for a while and then gear back up. But how much downtime are you going to get? When, when do you kick it back into gear? On Wednesday. Real what now at development yeah. camp yeah. or come come into development for for you know three or four days check on check out the kids and you know just kind of you know that's that's exciting you you want to see them in the Red Wing uniform you want to go see them play and 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 go from there 
after that, it, you, you shut her down for a little bit, but it, it starts back up for us. We we got the under-20 camps are actually out in Kamloops, uh, Michael Rasmussen. Um, there's going to be, you know, some other of our kids. Berggren's going to be there for, for Sweden. Uh, well, I'm not even, I think Sweden's there. Um, the end of July, we got the Ivan Holinka tournament, Gretzky tournament, which is right. in Edmonton this year, starting at the beginning of August or the first weekend of August. Uh, so it starts up right away. And then we break down a, a little bit after that for the month of July or month of August, and then come into training camp around the you know the tenth or eleventh of, of September, and off we go. But you know what? Honestly, our we we've got our nineteen draft list already started. Right, right. Um, we actually work on it over the course of the year on underages, where we start and put names on, and um, you know areas that you know are are bigger and you know, where the where majority of the kids this year and in what league and try to start to identify that. So, um, but that's the beauty of beauty of our job. I mean, it changes every year. Um, takes us to exotic places, some more fun than others, but um, it's a challenge for us and, and, and it's a passion for, for, for the game of hockey that you love. I've been in the, I've been in the National Hockey League since I've been 19 years old. 45 years old, I've never won a Stanley Cup. I'm chasing that dream just as much as every one of these kids are. Right. And until I get that, you're going to keep pursuing it. I'm still it. doing it. Yeah, definitely. As long as they'll allow me to. Yeah, that's, that's right. They're going to have to kick me out. Yeah. Or I'm going out feet first. You know, yeah, I, I understand exactly. that. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Wright, Director of Amateur Scouting for the Detroit Red Wings. Again, thank you for taking time out. I know it's been long. I know you want to get out. And you, and you said it. And I'm ha I am happy for you because you said, listen, this is... I'm feeling pretty good. This is kind of the best I felt in a long time. And obviously with what... Ha could, could If the Red Wings just had two picks and they were uh, Valeno and, and Zadina... Could you have walked away happy? Uh, no, because we strive for more. Okay. We, 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 we do. Yeah, you know, we're trying, you know, we just, you know, we're trying to add picks all the time. You know, like, how can we add, you know, should we trade a seventh? Can we, who wants, a, we're fielding calls. Who, who, who really wants somebody and how can we better our position for us? How can we... You know, is there somebody that somebody, you know, we're talking with that might be willing to take somebody on that we can get another pick because we've got multiple stuff of it. We're always trying to better ourselves as position for more picks. The more picks that we have, the more opportunity that we can get these kids into a pool of, of, of prospects and we can give them resources and who starts separating themselves. I don't care if it's the sixth overall pick or it's the 207th pick. If you're... If you're doing something more than the sixth pick and you become a better player, I could care less what round you're drafted mm -hmm. in. We need players. We need to find players. Today's the number. The top guys do more interviews. The guys get more photographs taken. The guys, the work starts now at development camp. You get in. The same thing happens. They get some more interviews and that. And then you just start blending in with everybody else. Right. And who's going to separate themselves? And we believe the guys with good character and um, obviously you need skill and you need sense and, and we want to build our club the way that we want to build it. We, we think we hit on a, on a lot of things this week. Well, again, Tyler, thank you for doing this. Uh, congratulations on, uh, on, by all accounts, people are, are actually grading you high this year. So uh. <laughs> don't pay attention. <laughs> don't care to, you know what? You're not going to satisfy everybody's needs. I understand that. 
people want certain positions and right-handed D and left-handed D and I can go out and draft all right-handed defensemen. I can't tell you if they're going to be any good. Right, right. You know, so there's a lot of factors that come into play and we have a we have a game plan and and we're trying to execute it, but uh, we're excited about this draft and it's time to get ready for the next one. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to 2019. Vancouver's a beautiful city. Absolutely and beautiful. You're going to be playing host to all of us. and we're, All of them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah we're, all of them. we're all excited about that too. Tyler, thank you very, very much. I uh, really appreciate you being on the Red and White Authority. <laughs>